The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Yeah, welcome to another episode of the Functional Sportsaholic, or as we like to call it, the Sports Talk Revolution. We are proud partners of Underdog, uh, Underdog Podcasts. You can also find us on Podcast One, and we are streaming weekly now on uh, on YouTube. We don't put the whole show out there, but we do condense some of this stuff and put it out there. So uh, if you're listening uh, to us on YouTube, please um, you know subscribe to us on iTunes, and vice versa. If you're listening to us on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube. Um, you're not going to get... Uh, the same stuff in both platforms. There's going to be stuff on YouTube you don't get here and vice versa. So there you go. Um, today, we are going to be talking a little bit about college football. We're going to be talking a little bit about Netflix, a sports show that I've uh, gotten on. Uh, we're going to talk Hard Knocks Episode 5. We're going to be talking, what else do we got? We got some NBA and we're going to tie it up with some talk about aliens, aliens as well. Um, but let me just start with this. So I was looking on uh, BovadaSportsBook.com today, and um, it's that time of year, Sam. You know, I'm starting to see articles about, you know, Oregon and Auburn, all these Power 5 schools. It's the time of year now where all the Power 5 schools move up in the rankings and all the non-Power 5 schools move down in the rankings, even though UCF, the darling, the non-Power 5 Darling won 64 to nothing in their first game. They drop a spot in the polls uh, this week. And for some reason, it's it's not a conspiracy against the non-Power you know power 5 schools. And as I say, every, every time we talk about this subject, Sam, I have no problem with college football saying that, uh, that the Power 5 schools are on a different level than non-Power 5 schools. Unlike everybody else who thinks, you know, that these non-Power 5 schools should play in the championship, I'm not making that argument. As I always say, I just think it's complete crap— when they say, when the NCAA says that non-Power 5 schools have a chance, and uh, and they don't. They just don't. It's, it's, it's reality. We've seen it. There's nothing a non-Power 5 school can do at this point. Everybody says schedule better teams, but you have to schedule these things years out, and you right. never know who's going to be up there. Alabama and Clemson, they're not coming into UCF, and you, they're not taking UCF on their schedule early in the season. It's not going to happen. So who does UCF no. try to schedule? Georgia? Georgia's not going to take them. LSU's not going to take them. It, I mean, it's it's just reality of the situation. So the NCAA, as always, is full of crap. I have no problem with them being, um, you know, favorite uh, having favoritism towards Power Five schools, but saying that they don't is really just it just drives me crazy every time. And, and that's why they should they should expand the playoff thing and let the let the teams fight it out at the end, you know. But you're right; they they are going to continue to favor these other schools. I mean, I don't know how you beat a team like completely demolish a team and drop a drop, <laughs> drop a spot a drop a spot it doesn't rookies. yeah it, you know and they have a whole new quarterback they have a whole new you know <laughs> yep t- it, and it's like oh well you know what we're just gonna drop them back and um i was at that game they played two quarterbacks um it was not close at all um any point in the game um i don't think it was almost till the third quarter that they even got a first uh fam you got a first down um, and I don't know if that's UCF just looking really good or FAMU um, being that bad. It might be a combination of both. Probably. Um, but sixty-four to nothing in a Division One, you know, college football game is is still uh, 
is still impressive. So. Yeah, there are plenty. There are plenty of Power Five schools that play powder puffs in the first week too. So you know, give right. me a break on that. And then you know, and again, going back to that schedule, how many years you have to schedule this stuff out? Right. You know, out. Well, UCF is playing Stanford, as you told me. I think last week, UCF's playing Stanford. Well, hey, when UCF scheduled that, Stanford was probably a top ten team. And now look at right. them. They're like, I think they were 25 last week. You know, it's it, it's hard to it's hard to schedule somebody and know who's going to be in the top 10 three or four years from now. You know, and you have to hit them because of the conference schedules. You have to hit them in the first like three to four weeks. I think right. something we talked about, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up some Bavada lines that really illustrate this point in just a couple seconds. But um, one of the things I think we talked about was about how NCAA basketball, the men's basketball, they always start with this tournament where like a Gonzaga and a Duke. And you know maybe Michigan State they 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 pull teams in from all conferences and they'll have like right. an eight an eighteen playoff or something just to start the year and um, right. and it's it's less I think it's less of an issue with men's basketball because you can lose a couple of games and still make the tournament right, right? but right. the NCAA I think if if they're really going to take the position here that the non power five schools are equal are on equal footing in, in terms of getting to the playoff and all that which again is complete BS. But if they're going to right. take that position, they really need to go, go to the um, the conferences and say, "Hey, look, you know, you need you guys need to play a non Power Five school." Now, there should be parameters around here because I know there's a financial aspect. I know there's travel. Um, but if they're really making that, they should start to mandate it because I remember late last season, the SEC commissioner basically came out and said, "You know, um, you know, when all the UCF stuff was out there, um, just saying, well, you know, boo-hoo, it's their fault for not scheduling anybody hard. Well, do you see any SEC teams playing any of these um, these Atlantic Conference teams early in the season? <laughs> like, you know, look, look. if I'm Alabama, if I'm Nick Saban, if I'm uh, Clem- Clemson, Debo Sam, like, um, uh, gosh, what is he, Debo Sam? I, I forgot his, his last name, Debo. Debo Sweeney. I, Sweeney, there you Dabo, go. Dabo, Dabo Sweeney. Debo, or... Debo, Dabo, yep. Tito Jackson. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm one of these guys, why am I going to schedule Cincinnati or Memphis or stuff? I'm not going to do that because I want to tune up because I have a brutal conference schedule. Right. It's, we all know what's going on here, so why not? Wait, let's just call a spade a spade. It just I just hate the dishonesty of it. It really drives me crazy. Drives yeah, me nuts. And I am a UCF yeah. alum, you know, so I'll, I'll say that. But again, I'm not one of these guys that was banging the drum. Um, like, uh, unlike a lot of you know people I know, I wasn't banging the drum that they should be in the playoff. I'm just saying, right. hey, the NCAA coming out here saying you know one thing and doing another thing. Enough is enough. But let me go through. Um, like I mentioned before, I have some Bavada lines to illustrate my point. So first of all, uh, let me just say that. Um, Clemson and Alabama are, are the co-favorites. Clemson is plus two twenty-five, which is basically two point two five to one. Uh, Alabama is at plus two sixty. So you know those are your those are your um, odds on favorites to win the championship, and, and for good reason. But here here's here's exactly what illustrates my point. Okay, UCF that hasn't lost a regular season in two years. They lost in the playoff to LSU, not the playoffs. I'm sorry, the um, the bowl game last year to LSU after Mackenzie Milton, their starting quarterback was injured and I think they still put up 37. I think they lost like 37 to 45 or something like that. So everybody conveniently forgets that UCF with their backup quarterback put up 37 on LSU, but everybody's talking about how LSU didn't have a defensive back in that game. Okay. 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 You don't think a quarterback's important to that offense? Give me a break. But anyway, um so UCF is 250 to one, they're they're at plus I think 25,000. So they're uh, they're 250 to one basically to win the um um, the national football championship. And I think for good reason, because they're not going to get into the playoff, right? 
But an undefeated UCF team has no chance. Here's what illustrates my point. Kentucky, Sam, better odds to win the national title than UCF this year. Kentucky. Well, yeah, they're in the SEC. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Kentucky. Right. So what they're saying right. is, and, and the reality, again, with this situation, is if Kentucky can have a three-loss, um, you know, maybe one good win, let's just say theoretically mm-hmm. they knock off like Georgia or somebody like that. Um, actually, I think they're in the other. I don't know if they play Georgia. They play like UF, though. Right. Like If they knock off UF, have like a really good win, and then a couple right. of tough losses, um, and maybe win the conference title, right, with two mm-hmm. or three losses, they're going to get in the playoffs before an undefeated UCF or Cincinnati or Memphis or whatever. And again, I have no problem with that, but just call a spade a spade. So NCAA, you suck. You suck. You suck so bad. You suck so bad. Be consistent, man. Be consistent. Yeah. Um, So speaking of, I'll I'll turn it over to this. Speaking of uh, college football, so I started watching on Netflix, Sam. Um, I know you like Hard Knocks. We talk about it, and we'll be talking Mm -hmm. about episode five this week. I came across another show. Um, It had been out there for a while, but I just started watching. I think I was talking about it on the Get Paid podcast, but it's Last Chance You. Have I talked to you about this at all? Oh, oh, man, I've seen every episode, every season. Oh, my gosh, that is so good. So I just got past the second season. So it was that, um, was it Eastern Mississippi? Eastern Mississippi, yeah, yeah, yeah. That dude, that Buddy Stevens head coach, man, what a... What a uh, what a piece of work that guy is! Wait, right? wait until wait until you get to the next. No, I mean, wait so I'm getting get to the next. Yeah, I got to okay. the third season. I watched the first episode. I like this guy, the dude from Compton, the white guy from Compton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that? Do they follow them for multiple seasons? Yeah, two oh, seasons, yeah. and then he gets fired. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Good. I can't wait. Can't wait to see yeah. that. But the dude, um, I liked him in the first episode. I guess uh, things oh, are yeah. gonna get sour, but oh no, I mean, I like him too. Uh, yeah, you'll you'll see. I don't want to. I don't. Yeah, don't spoil, spoil anything for you. You know, but it's a man. I love that. I love that show. Man, so buddy, I love that show. Buddy Stevens. Um, look, I don't have any problem with uh, you know with coaches kind of going nuts, but he is the the perfect example of a, one of the head coaches that you can't even. Not only can you not question the guy. I don't know how fresh this is in your mind since you've been on this for a lot longer than I have. Mm-hmm. But not only can you not question him, but you have to. You have to answer the way he wants you to answer so as to prove that you're not questioning him or he will flip out. The The yeah. end of season two, when he tried to kick his offensive coordinator off the sideline for saying he, – he was saying, yes, sir, but I guess he smirked when he said it or something like that. I don't know mm-hmm. what the, what happened, but that dude is a loose cannon. And I can tell – like I, I bet you that last chance you wanted to stay with them. Um, but I think Buddy Steve was just like, oh, man, my image is, is going way down south because he started that, that second season like, oh, you know, I want to change. I want to do this. I want to do mm-hmm. that. And by the end of the second season, he was worse than the end of the first season. Yeah, I'm not sure if he got fired too. He didn't. Um, well, I mean, he might no, have recently, still, but at the, en- at the end of the second season, he had been retained and all of the other coaches left basically. Yeah, I mean, Juco ball is, is a tough tough world um and i get it a lot of these coaches have to kind of be hard asses and you know be a different you know a different breed because they're getting a different kind of player a lot of these guys i think it's interesting to see these guys that have come from like these big division one programs Mm -hmm. and then they're in you know bfe you know mississippi right and you're not on chartered flights you're not you know getting the you know, the weight room doesn't look like it's, you know, a $60 million complex and you're, you're in like somebody's garage basically. Yeah, guys out. are, they're attaching barbells to like water bottles to do their curls, you know, yeah, and you weights, can tell, yeah. you know, they've all been kicked out of their places or whatever, but they just continue to wear the gear from where they were kicked yeah, out. Yeah, I noticed that it's too. like, 
they got like, you know, 45 t-shirts and, you know, 45 pairs of shorts and, you know, 20 jumpsuits and all that stuff that comes with being a high D1 program, you know, a Florida state or whatever, a Michigan, as you'll see in the, you know, in the second, Mm -hmm. um, installment. Yeah. Right. You know, these guys coming Mm -hmm. from these big schools and then they're in, you know, this place where like, you know, they're taking buses everywhere and it's a total different, you know, they're not getting that gourmet yeah, the food, food stopping in wherever they want, you know, to eat and all that stuff. It's, it's a different world. Um, but I, you know, I like second chance stories and, and that's what kind of drew me to that, uh, that show. And it, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, and um, I was just thinking about uh, we, while you were talking about that, there was a spot again because it's fresher in, in season season two because I just watched it. I think you know two or three days ago I finished it up, but you know one of the the guys I think he had got gotten kicked off the team because he was involved in like an armed robbery or something like that, like he was right. an accessory or something like that. And mm-hmm. um, you know the uh, the guy got kicked off the team. I think he was a, an ex Texas Tech, and he ended up back on Texas Tech after yeah. about a year down there. Well, he was just talking about like, oh, you know, I get. Uh, he's like Louisville, you, like you were saying. He's like, you know, the all your meals um, are planned out for you, and then you get a stipend check, so you get like eight hundred dollars of, of just cash just sitting in your account as part of your scholarship. And um, right. you know, again, you know, this not to confuse the topic. I don't really want to talk too long about it, but people talk about you know, college athletes need to be paid and all that stuff. Well, you know, the the top college athletes are getting some money now. Are they getting enough? Like um, you know, the uh, the the quarterback. Um, let's just say Tim Tebow from way back in the day. You know, obviously UF selling a lot of Tim Tebow jerseys. Is he getting a cut of that? No. People think he should. You know, I'm kind of on the fence on that. Um, maybe we'll do an installment on that next week. I don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole, but um, you know, a lot of these a lot of these division athletes they are getting you know first of all free tuition if they are taking advantage of the education. Um, some of them aren't unfortunately, but if they are taking advantage of the education, that is worth a lot. Um, you can see over the life expectancy, right, what a, what an education is worth to somebody's career versus not. So if you take that seriously, that's pretty good. Um, and now because colleges, and again, this is another political topic, but colleges are just way so freaking expensive that, like, you know, over the course of four years, you are kind of netting 50 grand a year in tuition and, <laughs> and housing costs plus a little stipend. I mean, it's it's actually not too bad because of the awful escalation of costs. But anyway, um, but yeah, seeing these guys kind of go down there and what's crazy to me is some of these guys, it's kind of painful to watch. I think Sam is a father. You can relate to this. It's kind of painful to watch these young guys struggle with learning the lesson. It's like, dude, like you had your opportunity and you blew it. You need to get a second opportunity here. And a lot of these guys, they're they're in JUCO and their pride is so high that they don't even want to you know, work like they should be working to, to fulfill their potential. It's crazy. Yeah. And one of the guys on the first season, the one the East Mississippi, that Ronald Ollie guy, he was on hard knocks I know. with the Raiders and, you know, he ended up getting cut and all that, but you know, um, in fact, Sam, that's actually how I found out about the show is I saw that hmm. on the first episode of hard knocks. I was like, Hmm, that would be interesting. Let me go watch that. And that's exactly right. why I started watching. So, uh, yeah. Oh, it's a great show. And I, I, it's good to see, you know, and, and a lot of the stuff, they don't even showcase a lot of the players that were on the team. Um, they, you know, they pick a good five to seven players that they really kind of focus on. But um, a ton of these guys, even on the practice squad, get signed to D1 because they're going against such top-notch, right. you know, uh, talent every day that, 
you know, I think every guy on that Jason Brown, the second season, every guy on the team, um, pretty much went D one. Wow. Um, and they got, they have some really top players that they just didn't focus on because obviously, you know, it's a show you need to sell, you know, you got to have highlights and stuff like that. And you can't focus on, you know, 25 players and they usually get the guys with, uh, a little bit more baggage and yeah, stuff like and they're that also with college football and in college sports in general, you would only get a, so much time with the team anyway. So it's not like NFL hard knocks where people are on you know at the headquarters all day and they're in a you know it's different with dorm. They have to they have to study, they have to do all this stuff. That's why I think why they included the um, that counselor lady who left the school right. after a while and yeah. yeah so um, yeah, I mean it's definitely interesting show. Um, so I super recommended um, as Sam and I talk about Netflix quite a bit on this show. So, oh, by the way, that, that I guess that's a good segue. Sam and I were talking, um, although I don't think we talked at length at this. So I, th- I think you're good with this, though. We're kind of slanting the show a little bit um, more towards NBA and a little bit more towards pop culture. And then we might split out some of the pop culture stuff, but we'll still try to loop it back to uh, to sports like we just did. But uh, you're good with that, aren't you, buddy? If you're not, yeah, I guess now is the place. Now we can no, fight about it. No, man. no, you know, you know me. We're yeah. we're very aligned in the same same yep. things that we. Uh, yeah, we're yeah. interested in. So. I know. Yeah, I know. What did we just talk about? Like ten minutes on Hard Knocks, a, uh, or not? Um, um, Last Chance You on Netflix. So there you go. Right. It is time to turn it up with your new favorite podcast, Expeditiously with Ti here on Podcast One. Join the rapper, entrepreneur, family man, and activist as he bridges the gap and sheds light on important social topics and much more. An authentic eyebrow-raising dialogue that might make you want to pull out your dictionary. Download new episodes of Expeditiously with Ti. Every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Uh, let's see. Uh, speaking of, I guess, Hard Knocks, relating back to that. And by the way, uh, Bavada um, has Oakland at uh, 66 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. So um, I actually think those odds are a little bit better. Um, I haven't been tracking the movement, but I think they're actually a little bit better in the, than uh, they started in the offseason, but they could certainly be better. Um, but yeah, Hard Knocks, um, episode five, five now, uh, was just up there. And. Um, you know, this was the episode where we saw the last preseason game. We start to see the cuts and all that stuff. And this is a finale, right? This was the last was, one. Right? That was a finale. Did you get a chance to watch it, Sam? I know. I, uh, yeah, man. I I I dove into dove into it on Reddit um, and saw saw it. So um, yeah, man. I was kind of kind of disappointed in the season to be honest with you well i think it was, it was so high done. and we were yeah. yeah we were i mean i think and if you look at the franchise of the shows in general i think it was still probably in the top half maybe the top quarter i think the worst season for me i think the the cowboys did it twice and there was one year that the kansas city chiefs with herm edwards i believe did it and those to me were by far the three worst seasons um it was if the Cowboys didn't do it twice, or if they did, it was the Wade Phillips season. I hated that season; yeah. it was awful. But I, I do think the Cowboys did it twice, um, and the Ravens I think did it one year. I don't think that was particularly good. But either way, well, the like, Browns was so good last. It year, was so though. it I was so like, good. I feel like this was, and we were we were hyped up to see you know the all this mess, and you know there's been drama, but it hasn't been as I don't know. They haven't showed as much of the Antonio Brown stuff. Because a lot of it's happened like away from the camera, I think. So, <laughs> and I know we'll get into a little bit more of that later. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's so. almost like so, Sam. You and I, we both like Lord of the Rings. Um, you know, it came out I think in our late teen years, and we watched it. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was like really cool. And then you know, The Hobbit came out like a decade later. I'm just like, eh, yeah. you know, 
it's right. kind of like that. It, it, you know, it wasn't bad. Maybe if it was the first thing that we saw, we would like it, but it was the second thing, so we were just kind of hot and cold on it. Well, I, I just don't think it met the hype. But a couple notes here. I thought it was funny that John Gruden was carpooling to work and complaining about the price of gas when he's making $10 million a year. <laughs> As a head coach. I guess he's still frugal John Gruden, but um, I thought that was funny. By the way, Frank Caliendo, we talked about this last week. I saw he popped up on the herd doing John Gruden impressions. So that guy. Of course, man. <laughs> this guy, this guy's loving every – as soon as John Gruden got hired with the Raiders, he was like, yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm at I least going to get a few more years out of this crap. I know. Yeah. I know he's so happy. Um, and I think he had a similar run um, when uh, Gruden got hired for Monday Night Football. So every time Gruden or Madden do something, he gets like a little uptick in his career and makes a little more cash. Yeah, or or uh, Morgan Freeman. Like you know, he can he can do oh, a good sure. Morgan Freeman too. So yeah, but, but it's a little, know, it's weird to see a fat white guy doing that impersonation. Exactly, so. exactly. It has to be a, a voiceover type deal. Yeah. Uh, what else? It, 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 the the speaking of Antonio Brown, and we'll get into some more stuff later. Um, but um, I, I noticed in the last two episodes, I'm sure you did too, that the Antonio Brown stuff after he came back with the helmet, it's all been like how great is Antonio Brown? So in mm-hmm. episode four, they were showing him go to the high school game and sign autographs. They showed him with like four fan letters, and he was reading them out loud. This week, you know, you see him playing around with his kids, getting some treatment, and you know, being mm-hmm. a good dad and all this stuff. That, to me, was just like, mm, I think that's kind of why the season went a little bit sideways. Is It was pretty clear to me that I think Oakland was probably in the ears of hard knocks. Right. Um, you know, one of the big questions coming in was like, oh, how are they going to handle this Antonio Brown helmet situation? And, and they mm-hmm. did touch on it, but they didn't really touch on it too long. They just showed Antonio Brown explaining his side of it and John Gruden supporting him. I think this is a little powder puff. Um, I get it. I'm not too upset about it because they do have to cooperate with all these NFL teams to keep the show going. So right. I'm not going to harp on them too bad for that. Um, but, man, they were really soft on Antonio Brown these last two episodes. I think that maybe the whole season, but really soft these last two episodes. But uh, Yeah, considering, you know, Mike Mayock came out and was like, listen, this guy needs to get on or get off. And, <laughs> and you know, the whole thing happened yesterday when Antonio Brown put his fine letters up on Instagram. And it's like my own team's trying to hate on me. It's like, dude, you got fined for not being at practice. Like, yep. you, you didn't know that was going to happen. And then him and Mayock got into it, I guess, yesterday afternoon on on Wednesday. And we're recording this on a Thursday. Um, and and they're, they're, they, you know, the word is that they're going to suspend him. Like, this guy hasn't even played in a regular season game we yet. Called, He's I'm sorry, but we, we called this when the trade happened. The guy, I don't know what's wrong with him. Ah, like, no, man. It's pride. It really trying, is. It's pride. Trying, yeah, I guess so. But, like, you can't even go to gear. Without causing problems at a place, you can't even go to the first game. You can't even like, go. It's you can't crazy, even go, man. Like you can't even go to a cryo chamber and put socks on. Right. You know the you guy, can't even get that right. The guys, I just when I see stuff like this, I'm like, man, this guy's gonna really struggle when football is mm-hmm. not around anymore. Yeah. When the checks aren't coming anymore, and the attention isn't there anymore, I'm I like, think this he's guy, a guy is really, really, really gonna struggle in life because. He can't go, you know, it's just like things don't apply to him. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, who, who are you, man? Like, everybody's replaceable. You think they're going to be talking about Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh, you know, in 10 years? Yeah, no, right. they're going to be talking about the next guy, man. Smith-Schuster, like, that's, James yeah, Washington. That's, yeah, anybody, that's what I'm right? i like, anybody, anybody in the world is replaceable. You know, they gave Michael Jordan's locker up, you know, like in, in Chicago. 
stuff happens, man. Yeah. Like, but you see stuff like this, and this guy's just—he's ne- just never going to get it in life. I really don't think so. Yeah, I know. We've been—we've been seeing that all year. We've been kind of tough on him, and you know, it, completely different backgrounds here. But I actually see a lot of parallels in terms of the um, the mentality with like Johnny Menzel. You know, Johnny Menzel, it, it's, it's, there's some kind of like, I think it's maybe a little bit different. Maybe the, the sources of the actions are a little bit different, right? Because Johnny Menzel was so entitled growing up. Um, but again, you know, you still come off with that same, like Johnny Menzel, when, you know, he was drafted and all that stuff, he always kind of felt like, you know, the rules didn't necessarily apply or like he would just, you know, his talent would carry him through. Now, Antonio Brown is obviously vastly superior. In fact, uh, I will, because we've been so critical of Antonio Brown um, all year, I will say, Dude, like when they showed him on tape, I mean, he looked so good um, when he plays. If he can just like just play football, I mean, there's no right. there's no question. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, all that stuff. But I think what's really sad is like um, I think about this, you know, with uh, with Calvin Johnson too, with the Detroit, and maybe Larry Fitzgerald. I think these are all sad because you know Jerry Rice is basically the uh, the top of the mountain, um, and Emmett Smith for running backs, Jerry Rice for um, mm-hmm. wide receivers, right? In terms of the the record, the yardage. Uh, the catches. We're going to see somebody break the catches record just because the NFL has changed. Um, somebody's going to do it. Right. Um, you know, if Marvin Harrison aligned his career better in terms of the years played with Peyton Manning, he would have done it. You know, Larry Fitzgerald, right. if he had a quarterback, which makes me sad, if he had a good quarterback his entire career, like if he had Carson Palmer, that matchup mm-hmm. for his entire career, he would have broken the record. Um, Antonio Brown, if he had just stayed with Ben Roethlisberger, for a while longer, he could have threatened the record. Like, all this stuff, like Terrell Owens, if he could have just played yeah. football, he could have broken record, you know, the, the record. I mean, these guys are, like, extraordinary. I, I just feel like, and it's always wide receiver for some reason. It Calvin Ridley is, and Larry yeah. Fitzgerald aside. You know, yeah, and you start to, be, to you know, you know, and I love, you know, Randy Moss. And, oh, yeah. You know, he, he was, you know, had some issues earlier in his career. But eventually you could see that he got it. You know, right. and, 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 and he finally was like, you know what, like all that other stuff is whatever. And you see him go to the Patriots. It's not a problem. He's not an issue. Whatever. He he cements himself in the Hall of Fame and parlayed that into a nice broadcasting career mm-hmm. and all that stuff where he's actually really good on TV. You know, the, the, the book on Moss has always been that he's super, super intelligent, but he just had some personality issues. I actually right. think, in terms of, I guess, mentality and the way, you know, because people are critical of Moss, you know, when he, I think it was a playoff game or a deep season game, he did that, right. like, moon the crowd thing in, in Green Bay, uh-huh. uh, the straight cash homie with the fines and all. He, like, he, he caught some negative publicity, but I never really thought he was as bad as, say, Odell Beckham is, like, in terms of going out and putting his name out in the press. I think he was just kind right. of lashing out at some stuff. But I see Randy Moss um, similar to how I view maybe Aaron Rodgers and Josh Rosen, um, mm-hmm. you know, two quarterbacks. Um, but, you know, these guys, and Randy Moss, I think, falls into this categories. I think they're so intelligent from a football point of view that they get frustrated when things aren't being done up to their standards from, like, a schematics point of view. We're seeing mm-hmm. a little bit of, like, um, you know, jostling for power, I think, with Lafleur and, and um, Aaron Rodgers. And, and um, what you're getting, I think, with Josh Rosen is, you know, first of all, Arizona last year was a dumpster fire, um, incredibly so but I think Miami is actually doing right by him by keeping him on the bench I'm glad that they did that they're trading some pieces away and trying to build for the future I think that's the right thing for Miami to do but Rosen I think will fall in line if he gets a really good offensive coordinator that he feels is on his level uh, level intelligently and that's what right 
Um, that's what his his draft book said about him is he's he's great. He's an NFL talent, but you know he he wants to know and and really understand and respect. I think is the key word respect the right. offensive mind behind it. Randy Moss when he went to the Patriots, no problem whatsoever because he had Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. he had uh, Josh McDaniel. I mean, he had great coaches that were challenging him. Um, right. I think that's what Aaron Roger need, Rodgers needs. I think that's what Josh Rosen needs. Um, but Antonio Brown's different, man. It's just a different uh, different kind of thing there. Crazy. crazy 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 what else do i have in my notes here uh the 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 keelan doss um got cut he had a couple drops that just tells you it, it, it that's why i say two things i say that preseason everybody says that you know we don't need four preseason games i i agree and i also disagree one i think it's ridiculous that the nfl teams make season ticket holders me as an ex season ticket holder myself um, I think it's ridiculous that they force season ticket holders to pay full price for a preseason game. It's garbage. It's garbage football, yeah. okay? Um, it should be more family. They should have more family nights like minor league baseball mm-hmm. for these things. Uh, but right. second, um, we've seen this year the starters, you know, teams are starting to rest their starters more. These games are crucial to determine who's going to make the backside of the roster. They need, you know, coaches need to see players in live activity. It can't be practice. It can't be scrimmages. It has to be live activity under the lights with the crowd around them. You have to see that. And we see in preseason week four, Keelan Doss, we, you know, Hard Knocks was kind of pumping him up in uh, week four. We see him two drops in week five. Boom, cut. Cut. <laughs> and and the, 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 the it's just crazy that one or two drops of a pass, literally, I don't know if this will be the case with Keelan Doss, probably not, but it can literally end your career. Can you imagine? You're a basketball player, right? You played a little bit in college. Right. Um can you imagine, like, in, in training camp, like, before the season starts, you miss a jumper, one jumper, and then your career is over? <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, there was a, there was a story about, um, again, I'm an ex-Redskins fanatic. Um, there was a story about this receiver that was in camp with the Washington Redskins during the first Joe Gibbs era, so when they were very good. And there was a guy that was on the bubble, and it was the fourth quarter of, I think, the last preseason game. He ran a perfect route, wide open, was going to be a deep pass for a touchdown, and the quarterback overthrew him by like four yards, you know, this fourth-string quarterback. And, you know, next day he gets cut, and the guy said, you know, what are you talking about? You know, I was wide open on this play, I'm separating myself, and Joe Gibbs said, you know, you didn't, you know, you didn't catch the ball. And basically the insinuation was, well, you know, the quarterback didn't put you in the position, and that's just the way it goes sometimes. You know, you have such a razor-thin you know, thing. And this guy like held it against Joe Gibbs for, I mean, this was by the time I read this article a while ago, this is like 20 years, 30 years after the fact. And I get it because your dreams crushed at that point. Right. But he's holding it against Joe Gibbs. But the reality is 53 men for an NFL team that has 22 starters and you got to find backups at each position. Right. So you're Mm -hmm. looking at a minimum of, um, of 22 and 22. So that's 44. So you have nine roster plus punter, plus long snapper, plus kicker. That's 47. You have six spots. Right. Six spots are up for grabs a lot of times in camp, man. It's mm-hmm. razor thin, man. It's hard. It's hard to make an right. NFL team. Even though there are a lot of teams. It's the biggest roster in professional sports. It's yep. still hard, man. Still hard. All right. I think that's enough so of the hard knocks. Hard. You got anything else to talk about there, hard knocks-wise? No. No. I And it'll be interesting to see who they uh, – they do uh, next year and what that what that looks like well as the you know as the the the, the rules typically go right they um they can make um it's nobody that has a new head coach and nobody that's been made the playoffs in the last two years they're automatically exempt 
So my guess is, I don't think it, like everybody else, the odds-on favorite right now, I forgot what Bavada has them at, but um, the odds-on favorite for the first head coach to either resign or get fired is John, uh, I'm sorry, Jay Gruden with the Redskins. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. He'll make it through the season, I think. He's not going to be the first. I don't know who will be. Um, I don't have a pick. Maybe I'll I'll add that to uh, a segment next week or something, but uh, it's not going to be him. The Redskins are always better than than people think, and they have Haskins now. Alex Smith is out for the year. The Case Keenum starting, and this team I think is still going to win like six or seven games, just because they always do. I, I know that they have mm-hmm. no no business doing that, but they just always do. Um, so right. I think he's going to keep his job because of that. Um, but anyway, uh, what was I talking about there? The lead into that. I <laughs> lost, I lost about myself. Who who are they gonna who are they gonna feature next year? Oh on... right, right, right. So the Redskins are going to be a candidate. Uh, because I do not think they'll have a head coach. Um, I don't think Buffalo is going to make the playoffs, so I think they'll be a candidate. Um, Miami, basically everybody who hired a head coach this season is probably going to be a candidate next year because you know, not right. a lot of teams are going to fire and a lot of those teams aren't going to make the playoffs. So there's going to be some interesting teams. My guess is it's going to be Washington uh, yeah. because they were one of the finalists this year, and I don't think they can avoid it. Um, Buffalo would be an interesting one. Uh, just because I like what they're building, I think that would be right. a fun one. But, but Buffalo is also not a big city draw, whereas Washington is. Um, you know, Chicago made the playoffs two years or last year, so even if they missed the playoffs, they wouldn't be there. Minnesota would be an interesting one if they missed the playoffs this year. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one. Green Bay next year would be interesting, even though they're small market. Yeah. Hmm. I'm wondering. The Giants would be interesting. Big market, right? Yeah, big market. There you go. So they're going to have some turnover and such. So yep. they're rebuilding. Yep. So. The Manning versus Daniel Jones storyline. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. We're going to get into some aliens, man. We, uh, you, you're teasing me with some aliens. I know, I know. I want to talk about that, but let's uh, let's talk about <laughs> NBA just a little bit first. I saw Tatum injured his ankle. The whole team USA stuff, but just NBA. It's kind of slow right now. You know, it's just not that time of year yet. But um, what do you think, man? Uh, you know, we've had some time to marinate since the crazy off season. Um, who are you thinking in terms of you know who's your Western Conference final matchup? Who's your Eastern Conference finals matchup? And then who do you think will win the finals? Um, well, obviously, obviously it'll depend on seeding and all that. But um, I could see Lakers, Rockets, in the Western Conference finals. Wow, Lakers, huh? Yeah, man. Why? Man. Why do you say that? I think they put together a good team, man. Like. Yeah, we uh, talked about it last week. I'm just I'm just surprised for you to because we talked about the Clippers. So to hear you leave the Clippers off and then put you know, kind of Houston and LA in there, I, I was a little surprised. I just have to see how much the Clippers are gonna right gel. And then you were worried about the injury to uh, George. I, I'm, right? I'm worried about the injury to Paul George, and you know Kawhi's gonna sit out a decent amount of time um, just because the load management stuff um, and. You know, anytime you take a team that is hungry as that last Clippers team was, and then you start adding some, yeah. yep. some star power and you start adding more cameras and you start adding more of that stuff, uh, is the team still going to be the same? You that's, know? Exactly um, why, that's exactly why I'm worried about the Cleveland Browns in the NFL this year, by the way. Yeah, I, it's the same thing. You know, once you start getting a little bit more Hollywood, um, are things going to start to be a bigger issue? when you didn't have the same amount of cameras before um, in the same, you know, spotlight before, Um, you know, you see Baker, he's getting all these like endorsements, all these things. Um, 
they have you know Odell there and they have all that mm. stuff. But is it, is it going to be teams are now you're not going to sneak up on anybody so right while it was like a feel-good story last year now you're like all right we expect you to win we expect you to like not even win but we expect you to go far not and only that the same thing with the clippers you know you just they're expected to be really 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 good yeah and with respect to the browns i know this is an nba segment but with respect to the browns too with all the hype that they got last season and Brad and I were talking about this week, like the world was sleeping on the Pittsburgh Steelers um, because of kind of the, the the subpar season last year by their standards. Um, it, it, they looked so sharp in the in like the the two drives that all of their starters played. They looked so good, and the world. It, 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 I was like, this is the first time in like two decades, you know, fifteen to twenty years that the world has been sleeping on the Steelers. And now they've right. come back, and I think they're the odds on favorite to win the division again. I think a lot of money came mm-hmm. back on them. But like you know, b- believe me, teams like the Steelers, tough teams like the Ravens, even the Bengals. With all the hype that this team got, they want to go in and they want to teach them a lesson. So my big question for the Browns this year is, are they like the 1991 Dallas Cowboys where they, you know, they got to 10 and 6 and they, they didn't win the Super Bowl that year, but it was pretty obvious that they were going to build? Or are they the 1999 Redskins where they had all this star power on a promising team, but the personalities, the locker room couldn't handle it? And it really could go either way. Um, but I know one thing, dude, is I'm, I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be watching the Browns this week against the Titans um, and pretty much all season long because they're so interesting. But back to um, back to the NBA stuff. The Clippers, mm. I see Bavada has the Clippers at um, 325, plus 325. The Lakers, to your argument, Sam, they're at plus 300, so they like them. Uh, let me mm-hmm. find Houston. And Houston's at plus 850. So I guess in terms of you know Las Vegas or sports betting or whatever, and I'm trying to find Golden State just to confirm here. Yeah, the Lakers and the Clippers are the two, the two odds-on favorites in the Western Conference. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, you, you I mean Houston. that would be a good that would be a good matchup too. Um, I, I mean, we know I, I know the the Westbrook and the Harden stuff, but I think you know they're going to put up a really good regular season. You know, it, I don't I don't I don't think they're going to get to the finals or anything like that mm-hmm. because I think that will. You know, you got unless one of them changes their game dramatically, mostly Westbrook would have to really just be like, "All right, I'm here to defer. I'm here to get the ball to the open pieces that already make this team really good." Um, and if, and that's a huge if, he can do that, I feel like they are they're a team that is built to get to a conference finals mm-hmm. and, and compete. Um, LeBron has been, you know, people are pretty much passed him over and I think he, he's really going to just try to just try to shit on everyone this year. <laughs> um, my, my only thing with them is I don't know if they have enough, uh, shooting to, to get it done. Um, Eastern side, um, obviously you got to go with Milwaukee and I would say Philadelphia as the two, um, yeah. two top teams there. Yeah. Um, Boston's going to be better. Um, but, um, I would say Milwaukee and, and Philly for, for the Eastern side. Yeah. I see Philly's at uh plus eight fifty, So it's like eight and a half to one. Um, Bavada has, uh, who, uh, Milwaukee is at plus five fifty, So it's basically five and a half to one. And then Boston's at 25 to one, uh, to win the, win the finals. So right. there you go. I mean, it's, you're pretty much in line, I think, with the rest of the community there. I tend to favor a little bit, um, you know, Milwaukee in that matchup personally. Um, but you know, you know, you know a lot more about basketball than I do. So, what do you think? I, I like I like who I like, man. <laughs> I like 
I, I really do. I um, I just I think I think uh, Philly is. I think Philly's going to be strong, um, and I think I think Tobias I think Harris is underrated, man. I, I, I he is underrated. People kind of like look at him and and they kind of dog him, you know, as as like a max player, like a high value player. He's he's got what I call like you know the the dog in him, man. He just wants to compete and play. I like that, man. I think you can build a build a team around that. So him with um you know with the other young talent they have there, I think it works. Yeah, and I mean they're going to miss uh, JJ. Um, yeah, shooting and they're going to miss some of that stuff. But um, yeah, I, I'm really interested to see how Golden State's going to be. Yeah, they're um, at ten to and, one and by and the I'm way, not, and I'm not giving up on them. Me neither. Um, and at ten to one, I, I, I think be that's surprised a good. If they went, to, if they went to the finals, I think their bench is the weakest it's been, um, and that kind of concerns me. But if they can get a lot out of D'Angelo Russell, right. and I think Steph's going to have another like. MVP type of year, um, and if they can get Draymond to come in in shape and not take him four months to get in shape this year, um, he's going to have to come in in shape and be ready to play and do all the things needed. Um, I, can, I you know I could see them going deep in the playoffs. Me too, man. I don't think you can discount because Clay will come back at the end of the year, right? Um, they're at pl- they're at ten to one. Bavada has him at right now. I. As a future is better, I think that's the one that I would actually feel pretty good about because I, I'm not the the, my, the biggest fan of betting futures, honestly, just because you know your money's locked up for a while and so much could happen with injuries and all that stuff, as we saw in the finals last year, by the way. Um, you know, I, I, at ten to one though, Golden State, I like it, I, I really do, and and the West is wide open, so anything could really happen. And like you said, if um, if they can get a lot out of Russell, man, there's a lot to like, I think. So yeah. I agree. There you go. All right, man. Let's talk about a little bit, a little about aliens. Let's talk about let's aliens. Do it. All right. So let, let me. I'm going to see the alien guy, Tom DeLong, in uh, oh, really? Angels and Airwaves on Tuesday. Oh, is that right? You using that? Uh, <laughs> you using that SeatGeek app? I did use SeatGeek when I purchased it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Awesome, Seeky. That's a it's a great promo. I love it. Uh, once again, it's a, if you put Sportsaholic, if you go to download SeatGeek, first time user Sportsaholic's ten bucks off. But um, yeah, so you believe you believe there's life out there, right? Absolutely, man. How how could there not be? Right, and so I, you know, I think I've gone into this, you know, the scientific things, right? So let me explain to the skeptics out there um, that don't spend as as much time thinking about this as uh, as I do because I watch a lot of space shows. The universe is unimaginably large, okay? Just you can't even – it's so big that you right. can't even have any concept of it, right? So in the let's just say – let's just say, Sam, for argument's sake, there's a civilization out there that was as advanced as the Romans were, uh, you know, at the uh, you know at the four hundred year mark, right? The Colosseum's been built; they have all the city. Uh, they've conquered, you know, basically most of Europe. Uh, let's say that there's a civilization out there somewhere in the universe that's that advanced. And and mm-hmm. now let's say we found that you know we were in space travel, and we found that universe, and we we're like, wow, man, that it, that's impressive. You know, this isn't just a bunch of lizards running around or a bunch of bacteria. This is like a really advanced civilization right Right. now here's the thing that civilization is not detectable because they don't have any radio right they don't that technology Mm -hmm. doesn't exist so now let's say there's let's say there's another civilization out there that's every bit as advanced maybe let's just say it's like 400 years more advanced than we are so they have technology we don't even know about yet right let's say that this um 
that this uh, civilization saw us like 300 years ago and they thought, oh man, these guys are up and comers. Let's send them a message. But let's say they're 400 light years away. So still within right. the Milky Way galaxy, they know that we're here and they want to communicate with us. It's still going to take another freaking 100 years for that message to arrive because that's just how it right. works. Okay? Nothing can travel faster than the speed of light, including sound waves. So if they're 400 light years away and they saw us 390 years ago, we still have 10 years to wait and get that message. On top of that, all of our satellites have to be pointed at wherever that message is coming from. It has to get through all the interference with all like the radiation and all that stuff and mm -hmm. receive the message. So in, in terms of actually finding other civilizations out there, I think it's very unlikely that we will, right? But I, there just has to be. You're telling me that in the galaxy, right, that has our galaxy, I think the, the mathematicians estimate there's 10,000 planets or planets and moons mm -hmm. that have life, but we're not mm -hmm. going to find any of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all the closest right. ones, you know, that we probably can't find. There it has to be like a little what they call the Goldilocks zone. But it, like Andromeda, the, the galaxy that's going to crash into us in a couple of light, you know, a couple million years or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. There could be like a thousand worlds. It could be Star Wars out there. And uh, Man, and they could know it's... that we exist. We're not going to hear about it for another like whatever. Right. So. Right. We're, we're a drop in the pool, man. Like it's you like if you sit there and really think about how big like certain things are like it'll it'll bog your mind mm -hmm. you know and, and and we have to I mean, we can't be naive to think that there's nothing there's nothing else out there you know um here's another conspiracy crazy. here's another conspiracy what? theory for you okay so global warming it's a thing right you know it whether or not you believe it's man-made or whatever obviously the earth is getting hotter right Right. That's that's undisputed. Nobody can disagree that the Earth is getting hotter. So this isn't a political statement, but we all know the Earth is getting hotter. Um, the greenhouse effect. Basically what it means is um, just think about a greenhouse, right? If you have a greenhouse in Colorado in the winter, you can still raise plants outside because it traps the heat inside, right? It's, that's basically mm -hmm. the green. So the ozone layer, um, carbon dioxide, it creates a cloud that keeps heat trapped. So when the sun shines its light into Earth, reflects back up it can't escape back out into space the carbon dioxide will keep um keep that heat in there so as the heat gives us more energy the earth continues to get hotter over the years and after a while there's an irreversible effect um that happens now people are like oh is it boarding a political i'm not getting political here but here's the deal this happened to venus okay venus um, I think was more the theory is that it was more um, um, accessible to, to like human life uh, before Earth was. So it was like a billion years younger than Earth in terms of like formation and, and environment and all that stuff. But what happened is they had so many eruptions volcanically that the carbon mm -hmm. dioxide got in the atmosphere. The sun continued to pepper um, with its regular rays. And no heat could escape. And so now Venus is like 700 degrees, and it's got enough pressure that if you went on there, it's like having a thousand cars laying on your face, basically. It's, it's, it's just mm -hmm. not – it's not even a planet that we can send probes to because it's just so, um, you know, just obtrusive to, to get into. So here's a conspiracy for you, all right? So Earth is – what are we, like four billion years old? Is that what they say? I think so. Yeah. Okay, so let's say that um, – um, um, Venus, um, I think there, Venus is, might even be our closest neighbor. If not, they're the brightest star in the sky outside of the sun uh, and the moon. But um, Venus, one billion years ago, could have had life. It could have had human life, like life, or at least human-esque life. 
and it could have uh, it could have run away with uh, greenhouse gases. Maybe there was some kind of light form that didn't understand greenhouse gases, and it, it had a runaway effect. And so maybe like in Superman, they shot they shot uh, the amino acids <laughs> needed because they said this Earth, man, we can't really fly there yet. We're not good enough to fly there yet, but we can shoot right. stuff, right? Maybe they're like 1970s technology. They can't land it. Well, maybe let's call it 1950s technology. They can't land it, but they can shoot it. I think we're a science. Pro- I think we're a science experiment for another civilization, man. I don't. I don't know if I go that far, but I do believe and that's that. why they're coming here and they're looking at us because I know what the fuck I've seen, <laughs> you know. And yeah, and well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your your UFO story. I remember that. It's yeah, wild. exactly. It's so wild I know what I've seen, man. And it wasn't. It I wasn't wish I was there. Me. I wish I was there with you because, like, as as an outsider, you hear that story and you're like, yeah, right. But I know you. Right, and I know what I know right. that I know that you wouldn't make this stuff up. So especially, I wish I was there, especially with the basket weaver. Yeah, I know you're. You know? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Steve being there. Yeah, Steve the basket weaver being there with you and and like uh, you know corroborating your story. Right. Yeah. I mean, I be, I believe it. I just wish I had experienced it because I remember telling you that I thought it was maybe like Lockheed Martin is there. I thought maybe it would be like a government type thing. You said no way, way too fast for no anything. No way, like man, way too fast. Yeah. Like it couldn't even. I'm jealous, man. I'm really jealous of that experience that you had. I Unbelievable. Really well, hopefully one day you experience that, man, because yeah, I feel like they come here quite a bit. And you know, we've seen that footage where those pilots are flying and. You know, feel like, they're starting to say, "What the hell is that?" You know, no, yeah. like I feel like it's mo- it's more likely um, just ba- based on the space of the universe and how huge it is. I think it's more likely that you know the, the the what people experience as like UFOs and aliens. I think it's more likely that somehow we find a technology like a thousand years from now that allows us to wormhole. And maybe mm-hmm. augment, like you know, maybe they, you know, harness the power of a black hole or something, and kind of augment, mm-hmm. um, you know, time and basically f- turn it backwards. And I think there's like there could be because there's a there there are different theories about like there are um, if you think of like the universe outlaid like um, like a bunch of sheets like a fabric, but also mm-hmm. like a sandwich. So there's like like picture like ten bed sheets on top of each other or ten pieces of paper. And there are theories that there are, are um, like holes within each sheet that will allow you to access everything. So if you right. think about these fabrics, because space and time are linked um, together, um, you know, as the universe, and the concept of time, quote unquote, actually comes from basically our perception of how time goes. Time is distorted as you get closer to a black hole and further away. So the speed of which you travel, um, and the further that you can get away from gravity, so the further you get away from Earth as opposed to the closer you get from Earth, also distorts the way your body perceives time. So time is kind of a fluid thing. Right. So um, there are there are thoughts that basically these wormholes in these sheets and these fabrics of different universes could take you back in different points of history and push you forward in per- certain points of history. So I actually think it's more likely, in my opinion, that humans are visiting humans back in time than it is that a super faraway civilization is actually getting here. Uh, but either way, there has to be some kind of technology we don't know about that would have to access if this were be were to happen. I feel you. I just I love um, aliens. I, love I know them. what I've seen, man. No, um, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm saying like even it, whether it's an alien civilization right. from Earth or or something. Yeah, it something, was not of right? anything that we've been able to. We haven't been able to to make that technology yep. yet. Yep. So it came from somewhere. Something. Something I'm not somewhere. saying it's a little green guy. I'm not saying it's Marvin and Marvin the Martian. <laughs> I'm not saying you know it's 
you know, alien or predator or anything like that. But it was, you know, it's not nothing a that it's not a Wookiee. It's not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not a Wookiee. It's nothing that we have currently, man. It was weird. Yeah. And strange and, you know, crazy. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. All right, man. I think we can call that an episode. Um, man, NFL this weekend. You know, I'm going to be busy. Yeah, man. Get all those TVs ready. Yeah, I know. I know you're just going to shut off from the world. Yeah, I am. Um, I am. <laughs> but uh, you know, especially the first two weeks because all the gambling and all the daily fantasy, all the statistics, and all the all the calibration that I have to do to the um, to the algorithms and all that stuff. It, it, that that takes me to at least the first two weeks of the season, sometimes three weeks. So, well, um, tell your wife and your kids that you love. I did. Them. I did. <laughs> I did. I, I let them know because uh, we're recording on Thursday, so I actually start with Green Bay, Chicago tonight. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody, we are wrapping up the episode here. So if you could subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel, subscribe to our iTunes um, channel, that's great. Uh, once again, you know, um, some similar content between the channels, but there are different pieces of content for everything. We don't put everything everywhere. Um, so there is a benefit to you subscribing in both spots. Um, you know, we're going to be running a couple episodes or a couple of segments from uh, from this episode on YouTube as well. Um, and keep an eye out this weekend because we're going to be unveiling more of the video content. I know this is just a recording, but uh, you know, please do it. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at TFS underscore Sean. That's S-E-A-N. If you want to follow Sam, he's at TFS underscore Sam Van Dam, just like Jean-Claude Van Dam. Uh, but there's a Sam there. So TFS as in the functional sports all TFS underscore Sam Van Dam and TFS underscore Sean. Thank you for putting in the time and listening. Uh, let us know your thoughts on aliens. I'd be very, very interested to hear it. Um, or my time travel theory. But uh, I watch a lot of how the universe works. So this is what I think about late at night other than football. It's my it's my respite, right? My, uh, my home away from home is in space. So, uh, Sam, thanks for the time. Uh, listeners, thank you for the time. Watchers, thank you for the time. Be good. Be good.